that the quiet of a thousand nights falls upon your ears, an idea will betray you. Your secrets are not yours alone. An abyss opens beneath your cradle, and the torch will sputter into darkness. You will hold the myth of life in your hands, and you will drive the chariot of winter. Welcome to Soul Story, a Through the Breach actual play podcast set in the world of Malifaux. Today is going to be a little different. We are doing a one-on-one session with Spencer. Hello. I'm going to start this out by being a little bit of a lazy fate master, but uh, it's important that, that, the world, that the world knows this. I want to know about the last time Jared saw Evelyn. The last time that Jared saw his sister would have been by now probably six or seven years ago after working uh, out west with the Pinkerton Agency. He would have uh, finally come back for a short little vacation, sort of. No big holidays, just kind of coming back sometime in August and staying for a week and then heading home. He would have fought a lot with his dad, but uh, he would have uh, spent a bunch of time walking around the city, New York City, with his uh, little sister, Evelyn. So the two of them would have just talked about life in general. In his absence, Evelyn wouldn't have been getting into much. She's uh, still working at the Lucanan family apothecary. She's not married. She's not looking to get married. She's just kind of very polite, very average, and uh, doesn't really get out much. So the fact that her big brother is home is a big deal. Evelyn is not a fan of the fact that Jared took off out west to pursue more dangerous, you know, more dangerous work for money-gaining reasons. Basically would, would urge him to come back home, come back to the city, um, because technically Jared could come back and do the same job he's doing out there back here, or he could just settle differences with his father and, you know try his best to uh, work out of the apothecary and whatnot, but Jared would have been adamant about going out there and uh, making something of himself and being useful where he is of use, uh, rather than force himself to be an apothecary, which he was never good at, ever. He's always been real good at punching people and settling differences and looking big, tough, and mean, going out and being a corporate soldier in a lawless land uh, works pretty well for him. But yeah, so in their last couple days, they would have got into more and more arguments about Jared pursuing dangerous work. Jared would have never wavered in his position because doing this, you know, because it's, it's what he's meant to do. It's not, you know... 
it's it's not a thing about safety and he's not someone who necessarily cares about his safety they would have argued and eventually parted ways rather unhappy with the other and then jared would have gone out back west and uh, wouldn't return to new york for probably another two years i would say how much younger is evelyn to jared I would say Evelyn is, I'm going to say four years younger. Like, not terribly so, but she's always, like, there are two children, so she is the baby, so she's always kind of been treated as such, so he's always acted much older, and she's always kind of stayed protected. She was a pretty quiet individual. I mean, it sounds like she was um, more independent than, than some women. It didn't seem like she was too interested in getting married or relying on anyone. Was she outspoken? Was she shy? Generally, she was a bit shy. As children, uh, Jared was always kind of the more outspoken, tough one. So she had her, her little classmates and stuff, but... uh. Jared kind of fought her battles for her, and uh, while she didn't like getting into trouble, it's always kind of where they found themselves. Basically, she is independent thinking, but she's always been sort of protected, so, you know, whether by her, her big brother or her father or whatnot. She's, she's not a pioneer woman. She's not running out to shoot a gun and be by herself. She's still kind of a socialite, but she also stands her own ground. Yeah, I exactly that. One last thing. Mm-hmm. What does she look like? Typically, um, I'm trying to think of how to describe it, because I tend to describe faces more like... Like, the descriptors I use sound way more exponential than they actually are. <laughs> so, like, uh, Evelyn would have had uh, what I would call a longer face, which doesn't necessarily mean, you know, like, like an actual literal horse face. It just means, you know, um, not narrow features, but a bit of a longer face I, I would i would guess yeah. um whereas jared has uh brown eyes his sister has blue eyes she has uh dark blackish hair just as he does typically wears it up typically a, a pretty conservative gal in the way that she dresses and whatnot especially in new york at the time who is her celebrity twin? Because I know you have one for her. Oh, yes. Uh, God. God, fuck. Molly Parker. Oh, my God. Everyone go Google Molly Parker and just ignore this. So you guys parted and things were tense. Yeah. And when you came back to New York, she was no longer there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're going to time jump some. You are in Malifaux, and you've been there for about a year now. Mm-hmm. The last time you saw Lynn in Malifaux was fairly traumatic. I don't want to say anything else, because I'd rather the rest of it come out in character versus this. 
but you keep seeing you keep seeing her in the crowd. You see her in the distance, and she she's still wearing a conservative dress, but it's all white, and uh, it, it's more what you imagine women in the West were wearing, just that kind of very prairie, flowy, gunny sack kind of dress. Mm-hmm. And even with no wind, it's always kind of slightly flowing behind her. Does she did she usually keep her hair up or down? Up. So it's still up, and you can see like the wisps of the of the hair. Um, being carried in, in this very ethereal wind, but she she doesn't really ever stay too close to you. She'll she'll look at you and she'll smile and you blink and she's gone. And then the next day you might see her around the corner with her purse and again just always that very. It, it's not a, a thrill to see you smile. It's just it's a smile. It's happy to see you, but the distance remains. I, I, would you ever try to follow her, knowing what you know? So I think Jared, after this experience and having worked with, uh, in in the circumstances he did, and working alongside Pinkertons, who many of which were veterans of various wars and conflicts, I think Jared is willing to accept that, as 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 bizarre as circumstances in Malifaux tend to be, I think he's willing to accept that maybe he's uh, lost a part of himself, and this is uh, this is probably more so in his mind than it is an actual sign or, or an actual telling. Um, so I think he does his best to ignore it. I think... Uh, Following episodes like that, I think he probably gets a bit more stony than usual and a bit more uh, spacey looking. I, I think he does his best to ignore that it's happening to him. Despite you ignoring her, she, it simply is that she, she haunts you. She haunts every step you take. And it, it's, mm. it's never, you don't see her for hours on end. It is just a fleeting moment. And I'd say that your heart kind of has that moment of, it's her. But then you remember and you're weighed down mm-hmm. by by your memories and by your experiences. But as, as time also goes on, she gets a little closer and it's like she's beckoning you. There's a time where you see her and you just like kind of look over your shoulder, just reflex almost. That, that reflex of looking over and then kind of shying away. And at that moment in time, you see a, a horse carriage fly by you, narrowly missing you. There's another time where it's as if she's, as she's not fran- she's never frantic about it. It's just way more of more of the waving and the trying to get your attention. And you find out that if you hadn't lingered that that split second, that, that the person behind you got black bagged and kidnapped. Like she's starting to protect you with her presence. And a lot of the stuff you, you you're noticing, but it's background noise. It's mm-hmm. it's Malifaux. Bad stuff happens. At one point, you would feel a, a hand like grab your coat and pull you away, but you never see. If the, when that context made, you don't see her as these experiences are happening around you. Particularly in this year after being in Malifaux, how heavy does Jared drink? So Jared used to drink back when he was a dock worker. He drank quite a bit uh, socially. 
mm-hmm. um, continued to kind of drink socially. I think now would be the first time in his life where he just drinks for the sake of it. I, I don't think he's he's either like uh, I don't think he's a lightweight, but at the same time, I don't think he has uh, nerves of steel. I think like perfectly average. I I think he has enough self control to cut himself off once he's drunk. I don't think he's ever like. As of late, I don't think he's ever stumbled out of a bar, but I think he <laughs> mostly, most of the time, he's walking around with a buzz. Okay, that works. That works out. I'm glad I know Jared enough to plan some of this. Okay. <laughs> so, it's it was a lunch break, and mm-hmm. the thorn was nearby. A thorn is a familiar place to you at this point, and you've been, you, you're about a drink in. It's less about the lunch and more about, about the beer that's warm and doesn't even taste that good but it's there and it's doing the job you blink and you see her again and this is frankly the closest she's ever been she might as well be sitting there across the table from you you can tell that the the heat and the air around you that those little wispy dark hairs are sticking to her cheek and her face looks a little dewy and she has a teacup and she smiles at you and she opens her mouth as if to say something, but then closes it. Jared, by this point, is uh, going to set his uh, set his pint down against the table. Um, I think he's going to push back in his chair as if to stand. But I think mixed with a little bit of lack of coordination and a little bit of shock... I think in his efforts to be kind of discreet about it, I think he's going to uh, kind of stagger back. I think in using the chair to steady himself, he's going to knock the chair over, kind of abandoning his pint and leaving the chair on the ground. I think he's going to try and, uh, despite it being his break, I think he's going to try and make it to the uh, privacy of his room upstairs. What I'd say is... The last thing you see before you're turning around, though, is her attention breaking from you, breaking from the, the ruckus you just made. And it turns and looks at someone else, which the past times that you have seen her, she's always looking at you. Mm-hmm. And this time she turns and looks. It's it's a lunch crowd. It's it's not packed. It, but it, there, there's some noise happening. And where she looks, it seems to be picking up noise a little bit more. I think at that point, with the encounter being so out of the norm for what he normally sees, against his better judgment, almost on impulse, he would look over, not really expecting to find anything, but just kind of instinctively following the gaze. You see standing out, it's it's a tall man, very slender, doesn't seem to have any meat to him, really, uh, but he's wearing nicer clothing. And he has this sneer, and in his grasp is a woman's wrist. And he's he's strong enough to be lifting her up on her tiptoes. And she's shaking her head, and it's this wild mane of red hair. And all she keeps saying is, hey, you weren't supposed to notice that. To which the man says, oh, look at this little thief. I ought to have your fingers for that, you know. I have quite the collection. And at this point, you see Lynn next to them. She has no props with her. It's just her. 
and she's watching them curiously. Her head's tilted as she's watching this this scene unfold. So Jared is going to uh, he's going to pause a moment longer. I I imagine this is you know because this is no longer a flash. This is him everywhere he looks. Lynn is appearing. I imagine this is like the worst an episode has been. I think he's going to glance back toward his uh, toward his drink on the table he left behind. I think he's going to scan the bar a bit, but I think ultimately he is going to uh, march and shove his way closer. As he does so, he's going to uh, clear his throat, because I imagine he hasn't been uh, talking to many people lately. Like he's going to clear his throat on his approach and uh, announce to the uh, to the taller gentleman, I'm with the guilds. What's uh, <clears throat> what what's the uh, disturbance? And I think he's it's not that he sounds unsure. I think that he he sounds kind of like. Like a guy who was falling asleep and drinking at the bar on his break. Are you wearing anything guild official? Um, it, it was you were on the job. But I wasn't sure if you took off anything or. He was on the job. I imagine he would have taken off his jacket. I imagine he's basically just at this point, boot shirt pants. Like, okay. The the woman doesn't even give you a glance. But the man looks up at you, and that sneer, just that sneer is still in place, and it has these perfect teeth, which is bizarre. And he looks very well-to-do in his, in his garb and his hair and his perfect teeth. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no problem here, officer. We can handle this ourselves. You just, you can move along. Go ahead and give me a notice check. Let's see. I got, you know what, I'll keep that. I got a ten of masks. Yeah, um, you're. This isn't an unfamiliar scene. You've broken up fights before. You've seen thieves before. What you what you do catch is the woman has a knife in hand, palmed, ready to go. As the man's distracted. Mm-hmm. Oh, this um, is going to be kind of like a split decision that you have to make here. Are you going to talk, or are you going to do something, or not do something, but do something physical? I'm going to do something physical. So Jared, upon seeing this, I think is going to try and uh, grab the man by the collar and uh, throw, like, pull him down behind him. Him being Jared. Go ahead and just give me a, a might check. So just do a flip and add your might modifier. Cool. Okay. I'm going to cheat the shit out of that. <laughs> okay. Fuck it. So it's a plus three, and I will... So now it's a uh, 14. Yeah, it is a show of force. Uh, The sheer shock of being manhandled allows him to drop the woman. And he collapses to the ground, and he immediately looks at you. And for a moment, he considers cursing you out. Mm Mm-hmm. But he he retains that composure. And pushes himself up off the ground, dust off his jacket. You have no idea who my father is, do you? 
Nope. Well, you will soon. Enjoy the job while you have it. And at that point, he kind of, again, adjusts the jacket and looks over and he actually has like a little crew of minions who are also pretty well dressed. It's clear that they were slumming it, thinking it'd be fun to hang out in this dirty bar. Let's stop wasting our time here. We'll head to the Rose. We can find some women there, I'm sure. And the, the crew of them leave. And Lynn is still there. And she's still looking at this woman who's rubbing her wrist. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not a nice curiosity. Her brows are furled. She's not angry. She's confused. She's very confused as she keeps looking at this woman. Mm-hmm. Jared is going to uh, try to recompose himself because um, he's not like super drunk, but he's like he's a little off kilter. So he's gonna recompose himself and start towards the woman, um, doing his best to avoid looking at Lynn. But I imagine he can still see her out of the corner of his eye. And I think he would just ask, were you, uh, were you about to murder that guy? Huh? What? What? Murder? What? No. Uh, Defend myself. Sure. Murder? Probably not. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, at this point, he's going to, uh, rub the back of his neck. I imagine he's, uh, since staggering out of his chair, he's kind of felt tense and awkward. I think he's going to, uh, look to make sure that the, the gang of, uh, you know, well-dressed fucking creeps <laughs> are, uh, leaving before looking back to the young woman. Are you aware that defending yourself is a capital goddamn crime? Especially in front of a bar full of people. And she doesn't respond right away. She she drops her wrist and looks at you. Like, actually seems to look at you for the first time. Mm-hmm. And this smirk just begins to grow. A mis- I feel like mischievous is never the right word for it. Ampersand? Ampersand, <laughs> yes. It... I think the best way to describe it is, although Ace Ventura, were you ever a fan? Uh, I was, briefly. Briefly? Okay. There's a scene in Nature Calls towards the end when he's in the monster truck and it's a close-up shot of his smirk and you hear the lion growl behind it. Uh Uh-huh. It's that. It is that exact vibe that comes from it. (laughs) Well, it's a good thing you're around to save me then, huh? Not often this, the the guards actually do their jobs. I should I should buy you a drink or something, huh? Um. So at that point, Jared is going to uh, shake his head and kind of jerk towards the the pint and the uh, toppled chair. No, I, I already got. I should be getting back to work. I think soon. Again, Lynn in the corner of your eye. The, the confusion kind of fades and that smile returns and the next thing you know this woman's hugging you and it is a full on bear hug from this toothpick thin waif of a woman as she it's almost like she's trying to break your back 
the, the, like the odd amount of strength behind it. <laughs> and Lynn moves and is standing behind her so she can look at you again. So I think at first Jared is going to put his hand on the girl's shoulder and try to kind of like pry her away. <laughs> but that lasts for like half a second before he catches sight of Lynn again. I, I think by that point he kind of stops and just kind of holds his hand there and kind of goes stony again, like how he does when he's normally face to face with her. I want you to give me an insight check. Let's do it. I got an eight of masks. Eight of masks. Okay. There's two things you notice. The first thing with your sister being so close you have this moment of emotional connection with her that you've had those emotional like moments as you see her, but this is a connection. And you know she's not speaking, and you know she's not communicating with you directly, but the vibe you get off of her is, this is going to be a good replacement. Just look at her. Look at this poor soul. And, and it's, it's this very sad, serene look of, of her watching you two hug and it's weird for a moment you see her face flash from how you last remember seeing her to the last time you remember seeing her pieces of skin are missing her jaws slack her hair is down and then it's back to normal Lynn the Lynn that was Earthside and then you recognize some other things. Mm -hmm. As this strange woman's hugging you, you're having flashes of those moments that Lynn saved you from. That carriage that was out of control, this woman was on that horseback. When the man who got kidnapped, she was the one bagging him. And you have this insight moment that it's not your knowledge, but this connection you have with Lynn. This woman is trouble. She likely has her fingers in more criminal pie that she even knows. Mm-hmm. And then this woman breaks away from you. As she breaks away, I think Jared is going to uh, look back down at her, because I don't think he's made eye contact with her yet. I think he's going to look down to her, and without breaking his gaze, I think he's going to reach into his back pocket and check for his wallet. <laughs> <laughs> oh... And as you look down, you see these big blue eyes that just scream innocence. But there's that smirk. And as you check your back pocket, you see Lynn gets, you see her form just get sucked into the stranger. It's like she absorbs Lynn. Mm hmm. But she doesn't seem phased by this absorption. And as you reach for your pocket, she runs. Immediately just fucking runs. <laughs> Do you chase after her? Yes. <laughs> yeah, Jared, uh, in, in his uh, <clears throat> weird midday stupor, is going to just... She gets like a second on him, but he's he's ready for it. He's... At, at this point, he's a guard. Like, he's... You know, th this is what he does. Like, so... Yeah, I, I think charging through the people and whatnot, I think he's gonna be... He's gonna be on her. Okay. 
Do you leave your jacket behind? Uh, yes. Okay. So you're essentially dressed as a civilian chasing after this yep. woman. Who... Yep. I, I suppose I didn't explain what she was wearing, but very waif-like. It's, she dresses how you see her now. It's it's all black. It's sleeveless. It's plants. Plants? It's plants. She wears pants. Plants. She wears like a black vest. There's a... It probably was white once, but now it's just a filthy tunic. That again, the sleeves are ripped off. Not Nothing form-fitting. Pretty boyish in nature. But uh, she's taking off. Running around the corner. And I need you to give me a track to make sure you can keep up with her. Okay, a track. Okay, I have tracking, but it's zero because okay. it's a cunning skill. So let's <laughs> see. Gonna cheat it. <laughs> we'll make that a queen of crows. All right. You're able to keep track of her. No problem. You keep catching just her heel lifting up the ground. You see that, again, that bright, I guess it's not technically bright. She has very coppery hair, but you see that red hair flash above people and it just she stands out and you have your eye on her and she turns a corner and is met with a group of people and she starts pushing her way through the crowd mm-hmm. I want you to give me another notice check to make sure that you can not lose her god damn it yeah okay uh, ten of rams ten of rams wonderful you push past people are at this point wondering what's going on but don't want to get involved Mm-hmm. Any guards don't seem to... They're, they're not present currently in this weird wave of people. You hear someone as you walk or as you as you run by complain about like, did I just have... Did I just have a pocket watch? And you keep chasing after her. And and she, she hops into the road, skids a little bit, starts running towards the next uh, sidewalk, and then, and then you see a fruit cart hit. And you have a split second here to give me an athletics check to make sure you don't run into this cart. Okay. So let's see. Uh, aces are bad, right? Correct. Okay. It is it is a 13. A 13 of uh, of what's it's. They don't know what what's it's Rams. is. What's what's it's? Rams? Rams. Okay. Did you cheat again? Uh, yes, I cheated. How Well, m- it's it's not a 13 because my athletics. Hold on. Um, it is an 18. That is an 18 of Rams. You parkour so cool off this fucking thing that, like, nothing's damaged. Everything's fine. And mm-hmm. as you keep running, weirdly, you hear an explosion behind you. And you uh-huh. feel bits of fruit hit, like, hit your back. Mm-hmm. But you keep running. You're too cool. You don't even look back. You don't need to. Mm-hmm. It's not important. <laughs> uh, this woman, she's still running, and as she is about to enter into a building, she knocks down a pile of like of, of, of boxes, and not just boxes. It's there's someone literally on a soapbox that she pushes off, and she tilts up the soapbox before mm-hmm. running inside. So give me a grace check to make sure you don't trip over this box in person. Oh, grace! Awesome. I got a six of rams. You make it. You trip. You stumble a little bit, but you're fine. Do you have this woman's number? Nothing can deter you away from it, apparently. And she mm-hmm. is running upstairs and running. It's it's a similar to an apartment building, but you know, ye old apartment buildings. Mm-hmm. 
and you're getting closer and closer and closer and you're only a few steps behind when she runs throws open a door and runs directly towards a window and jumps out of it mm, okay do you look out the window yes he's, he's gonna look out the window there is a clothing line that she has ziplined down and onto a lower rooftop at this point she's breathing heavy She's looking up at you, waiting to see what you do. But for now, it seems that her energy has been spent. Okay. How far away is this other rooftop? The, the zipline style, I guess, would, would take only a few seconds. It's literally just right next door, though. Okay. And it's lower? It is lower. That's about oh, two floors lower. Two floors lower. And it's right next door being, like, across the alley? Or, yes. like, across the road? Across the alley. Okay. Um, fuck, okay, I think, god, okay, so I think, I don't think he can glide down the zip line that well. I think if he took the time to, like, climb down it, it would either snap or she would get away. Having come this far, I think, with the window open, I think he's gonna pull himself through, I think he's gonna try and, like, pull himself up in such a way where he's still holding onto the building but his feet are like on the windowsill I think it's gonna take him a couple seconds but I think he's going to try and jump that okay I like it um I think it's just gonna be another athletics good good we just make sure there isn't there isn't a jump there is a black joker I don't know if that one's good or bad it's the bad one. Shit. God damn it. Oh well. He hesitates. And that's his downfall. He thought about it just a second too long. And he jumps. He barely grasps onto the ledge. His face smashes against the brick of this other building. Mm. Go ahead and take a wound. Yep. And you feel your fingers slipping. And then you feel hands. You feel her hands on yours. And you see this cherub-faced, winded woman look down over the ledge. Need a hand? Um, where in the face did he get hit? It's gonna be nose. Like, right on the nose. Okay. So Broken. Fucked up. Okay, yeah, so he's bleeding from the bridge of the nose. Would his nose be also bleeding? Yes, it would be. Okay. Um, I think he's gonna, like, blow to get, like, the blood away from his lips at that point. Trying to temper his excitement uh, with knowing that he will fall and die without her help. I think he's going to offer a simple... Please. It's so good you didn't forget your manners, because I was definitely going to ask you to say please. And she she grabs you, and she does her best to try and lift you. And this is a strong woman, but she's no... she She's not bulky. And she's mm -hmm. doing her best. Her feet are planted on the ledge herself, and she's trying to lift you up. Uh, are you going to try to help like this along at all, or are you just relying completely on her? No, he's going to help. I don't think... I think... 
she caught him enough, but it's kind of like a child helping you. Oh yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I think it's like, it's enough to not fall, but I think he, he's going to try and do the rest of the work. Okay. So I flipped for, for how she's doing. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and flip. Uh, We'll do an athletics because this is climbing. Uh, that would be a 13 of tomes. That's what these are. And with her 13 of masks, I think you two are able to do it. Yeah. Because it was so high. I'm going to say you for, for complete strangers, you actually work pretty well together. That she seems to know where to balance her feet and how to get the umpha to help you up. And you're able to rely on her weight pulling back to help you forward. And it goes a lot smoother than either of you imagined. And once you're up, her hands are on her hips. And she's beaming up at you. Well, I could have let you died. I think he's going to uh, reach up, feel the status of his nose briefly, decide it's not a thing he should be touching right now, (laughs) um, reel his hand back look back down at her. Do you have my wallet? Oh yeah, most definitely. Like he's just gonna nod at that and then I think he's going to look back to the alleyway, back up to the window he jumped from. Jumped from. Uh, (laughs) And utter a soft prayer. Jesus Christ. Um, I can't believe you jumped. Yeah. And she like looks at you and looks up at the jump. She's like, I I wouldn't have done that. You're crazy. Must be. I think at that point he would uh look back to her. Are you a wielder? Wielder? He uh would kind of roll his finger in a like go on motion. Um uh, magic, magicians, stuff like that. Oh no 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 no, that's not my bag. I think at this point he'd um he's not touching his nose, but I think he would hold his sleeve up to his lip because at this point I imagine he's got like a blood goatee, like one of those things going mm-hmm. on. Um, like he'd try to wipe his mouth and then kind of hold his sleeve up to his nostrils and then kind of <clears throat> you know anything about ghosts? And she looks at you and starts laughing. It's not a mean, haha, you're so stupid. It's just like an oh, honey kind of laugh. And and she looks at you. She's not touching you, but she looks at you. And she's like, you banged your head pretty good, huh? We should, um, when she starts looking around, I didn't have a way down from here. <laughs> um, so describe the rooftop to me just a little bit. <laughs> It uh, has some more clotheslines on it, but for the most part, it's bare. Okay. Um, are there like a little, like, they're not railings. Uh, they're not banisters. Like, the edge of this roof, is mm-hmm. it like elevated in such a way where you can't just walk off of it? Yeah, that's what you were holding on to. There's yeah, a little okay. ledge. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what I'm, um, I think Jared is going to walk up to that the one that he just uh, smashed his head against. <laughs> and I think he's just gonna sit down and lay back against it and uh, nurse his nose for a second. This woman, despite this stranded predicament, is mm-hmm. still just all smiles. 
and her face is pretty flushed, which actually kind of makes her freckles stand out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And she watches you as you as you nurse yourself, and she's like, "Well, I'm Brecca, and um, I'll find a way out of this." I think Jared would kind of like with his sleeve up to his nose. I think with that same hand, he'd kind of lift his fingers in a bit of a wave. Jared, uh, you you go you go do that. Like all the while, he's kind of maintained that less confident, kind of stupor-ish kind of tone. Like he's still very distracted, I would say. It's been two years since you've known Brecca now. Mm-hmm. And even though Lynn is dead, you find yourself following this woman on occasion. You haven't seen Lynn since you've met Brecca. Mm-hmm. I want you to give me one more flip, and I want to know if it's black or red. It is very, very red. As as you get to know Brecca, you know there had to be some element of luck for her to get out of, say, being stuck on the roof with no way down. And even so much the way of how people seem to forget her. And you see it on occasion, where uh, you you know her, you know Brecca, you know how carefree she is and greedy for trouble. But on occasion you look at her and you see your sister's face. It's a, it's a thin veil, but for a moment you forget that it's Brecca and you, you think, oh, it's Lynn. So the question is, are you protecting Brecca or are you protecting Lynn? Hey there, gorgeous. Thanks for listening to us today. And if you like this episode, why don't you go ahead and subscribe? You might as well rate and review us while you're at it. Now, if you're looking for updates, you can find us at soulstorypod.com. In case you were looking to stay in touch, we're also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at soulstorypod. Now, if you wanted to keep in touch with all of us folks personally, you can find us on Twitter. You can find Moose at Mooseyfo, Spencer at Spare Bear the Meek, the lovely man who plays yours truly, Albert Long, at Hot Bam with three M's, Logan at KOTL of the Light, and Alex at Roll for Alex. And as always, I'm your Huckleberry. <laughs>